Did you know that the Pop Culture Preservation Society depends on support from listeners like you to keep our podcast up and running? We are an independent operation, creating, producing, distributing, and promoting the podcast by ourselves and paying for it out of our own pockets because we love it and we think it's worth it to preserve the well-loved cultural nuggets from our Gen X youth. If you'd like to become a supporter of the PCPS, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and search for Pop Culture Preservation Society. Our Patreon supporters are like our pit crew, giving us the fuel we need to keep on trucking. And as a Patreon supporter, you'll also get special thank you gifts, like video recordings of our episodes, after the episode discussions, invitations to live events over Zoom, and the occasional blooper delivered straight to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening and for being a part of our society. There was nothing that would wreck my day more than when you take it out of the oven and you'd peel back the foil and there was pieces of corn in your brownie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not just in your brownie, but baked in your brownie. Ew. Oh, it's the oh, worst. There, nothing could ruin my day like that. Get oh. out of my brownie, mm-hmm. you stupid corn. Hello world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of love is what we'll be bringing. Make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who thought orange juice was something you thawed in the sink. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we're saving the foods of our childhoods, from the snacks we loved to the dinners our moms made us eat. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Okay, you guys, this episode about food um, makes me wonder something I don't know that I know about you guys. Are you guys foodies? Um, mm. I, 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 That's a hard question. I really, really care a lot about food. I really care a lot about food, but I also really enjoy slumming it. Are you, but okay, but I guess when I say foodies, like, yeah, like if you're going to go on a vacation, are you like, where, where are the great restaurants we're going to eat? We want really great meals. We want like fancy meals. And do you like to go to the places where there's like a zigzag of green, something looks like paint on your plate with a tiny little thing and a sprig of something? You're saying yes. Carolyn's shaking her head. No, Mm -hmm. I am 100% no. Like, (laughs) in fact, food like that, restaurants like that just make me angry. (laughs) But have you ever had a truly transcendent experience where you eat the zigzag of green? You're like, not interested. I want to stay here Mm -hmm. and live my whole life. I would have way more of a transcendent experience having delicious piece of pizza. And I have that too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't turn my nose up at that at all. Yeah. Well, but fear, it could it be that if you haven't had the transcendent experience that you don't, that's why you don't want that because you haven't had it yet? Maybe. Although <laughs> Maybe. my fear is if, let's say, Kristen, you recommended one of these wonderful boutique restaurants and I tell Andy on our trip somewhere, we've got to go. Kristen says it's great. And, and we go and immediately I feel responsible for Andy's um, oh. Mm-hmm. That he likes this restaurant. His dining not, experience is it going to yes. be good? Yeah, it's on he, you, and he's yeah. not going to like that. So I'm already kind of worried about that. And then you know mm-hmm. when the green Ziggy line comes out, 
he's going to have some snippy yeah. comment about and then it it's or like the little miniature. A little circle of orange and right. then a sprig and then, you know, and then they bring you like eight different courses and stuff. No, when we, in fact, when, when my, my kids are really picky eaters. So traveling with them, even now as adults, is just a pain. Din- mm-hmm. Dining is just terrible. But- even when it's just my husband and I, just when Brian and I go anyplace, we love nothing more than to go to like a market and get, you know, salami and cheese and, you know, baguettes and good bottles of wine and nuts and fruit. And we just like love to just, just do our own thing, like have a great balcony that has a great view. You know, I think I said that in another episode. Um, I, I might not have, but one of my travel tips that I always recommend for people, although if you're a foodie, it wouldn't work for you, is that we have always upgraded. We will pay for the best view anywhere we go because we know we're not going out to nice dinners. So if we have a balcony that overlooks the ocean or something, we know we can go to the market and spend three times as much on a bottle of wine as we would at a restaurant. And mm-hmm. we have the best view. We have the best ambiance, especially if you've been like out at the beach or hiking or whatever all day. You don't have to like put your makeup on or do your hair or get to a nice restaurant. You have a balcony or we'll order pizza to the beach or go get takeout pasta and just eat on our balcony with the beautiful view because mm-hmm. we paid for that instead of paying for you know $250 dinners every night. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder what it says about us because um, you you had mentioned earlier. Do you go on a trip and kind of look for those restaurants? And when we go on trips, we plan our trip around where we're going to eat. But <laughs> oh, it's not the squiggly yeah. green rest, you know, stuff. It mm-hmm. is okay. Where do they have really good enchiladas? And where's the queso really good? And yeah. we're going to Houston f- over. Um, Easter next week. And that the our whole trip even now is like, okay, we'll go here for breakfast and then we'll go here for lunch and yeah. here for dinner. It's all based on food, but not um, <laughs> hoity-toity food, more no, no, like no. Tex-Mex, right. greasy. Well, and I need those too. I need the places that the locals say you have to have this. And you like get out of the car and you're like, are we in the right place? It's just a strip mall. <laughs> yeah. But then it turns out to be a transcendent experience. Right, right, right. Are you guys like savory or sweet people? I am generally, I'm generally not a sweet person. I'm more, I'm more savory. And yet my very first food memory, actually, it's not just my first food memory. It's my first memory ever of my whole life. What? Well, one of my first what? memories. I'm totally serious. This, you're going to die. I'm in a high chair. Let's just start there. I'm in a high chair. Yeah. And somebody gives me a hostess fruit pie, (gasps) lemon. And I'm eating this and I'm like, damn. Like, because the only, like, my whole food experience up to this point, damn. Really, seriously, all I've had up to this point are like teething biscuits. (laughs) <laughs> and like Vienna sausages or something. And I remember eating it just like I like I was walking on the moon for the first this time. Talk about transcendent. Yes. I mean oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. One of my first memories of that's, my whole life. I love that memory. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's a sweet, but I'm not a sweet person. I'm a savory person. Yeah. I was the person who really loved the Franco-American spaghetti in a can. Mm-hmm. And even, and my mom was an excellent cook, is an excellent cook. But I remember eating Franco-American spaghetti going, I don't remember. Why does my mom make spaghetti when this is so good? <laughs> yeah. That's right. the truth. Yeah. What well, about you, I, Carolyn? I was going to say, I up until recently, I would say I was the savory 
at everything. I would much rather have an appetizer at a restaurant than the dessert. And mm-hmm. that's always the joke my family would say when they come to ask you, you know, if you want a dessert. And I'd be like, oh, the Bloomin' Onion was our dessert. You know, that kind of thing. Because <laughs> or could I say the had... appetizer menu one more time? I'm going to finish my meal with another one. <laughs> but now I really kind of crave a little bit of sweet at the, mm. at the end of a meal. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need a whole big dessert. But I would like a couple of bites of a chocolate cake and things like Mm -hmm. that. So my sweet tooth seems to have evolved as I have um, aged. Yeah. Sometimes I I need a little bite. It like and that this is what Mike and I say. I just need something to shut that whole thing down. Yeah. (laughs) That's literally what we say. You just need a little square of chocolate or something. Uh And then you feel like your meal is complete. Your hunger is shut off. Well, my tastes have evolved a lot too. And I, I was a a picky eater as a child and I still am kind of picky, um, just compared to a lot of other people. But, um, I was sweet, sweet, sweet my whole life from probably birth. Um, I was just, you know, I wanted candy. I wanted snack food. I wanted all the sweets. But I think about the past 15 years, I'm definitely savory. Like, I love an appetizer menu. In fact, I very, very often, when we go to any kind of restaurant, just order two or three, you know, like two appetizers or something. Because the appetizer menu is the first one I look at. Those are all my favorite foods. Um, so, and I don't ever order dessert at, um, at a restaurant only because it's like, I'm really not that interested in a big dessert. I definitely, like you said, Kristen, I definitely keep like bars of dark dark chocolate in the house or chocolate covered almonds and stuff like that. So that at night, because I mean, you you know, shut that whole thing down. So you got (laughs) to shut it down. But man, last night we were having, um, some red wine, which is not unusual, but I had made chocolate covered strawberries, which I do often because they're just super easy to make. And I'm telling you like that, a little bit of dark chocolate or a chocolate covered strawberry with a glass of red wine. That's life's too short to not enjoy mm-hmm. that. Agree. Did you guys um, have Charles chips when you were growing up? Do you know what no. Charles chips No, is? but I know other people who are all about Charles chips. No, oh, I miss my Charles, Charles chips. So Charles chips was a snack delivery company. So you, Oh, would, I didn't know that. Yes. Well, that's how we had it. So it was, you got these big tins like um, Charles Chips potato chips and Charles Chips pretzels and Charles Chips chocolate chip cookies. And wait, then, isn't the chip the name of it? Charles Chips chocolate chip Charles cookies chips. is a tongue twister. But the they whole had, thing's called Charles. It's not just the chips that are called Charles Chips. No, they're the that's the brand. So it's yeah. So it's okay. like Charles Chips cookies and it's Charles, not Charles pretzels and Charles cookies. It's Charles I Chips pretzels. Well, not in my memory. It's not okay. So, and I'm going with that. So, and we then would I bet if just it's just <laughs> potato chips, it's Charles Chips chips. Charles Chips chips. Well, just because if Charles, Charles chips, chips is the brand, and then he's having logo. chips, it'd be like Charles Chips pretzels, Charles Chips uh-huh. cookies, but then Charles Chips Charles chips. Chips chips. Yeah, maybe I'm going to show you. You're going to go after this and look it up because okay. the week that this airs, we are going to have pictures of the Charles Chips tins on our okay. Instagram and wait till oh. you see. I bet people collect them like mem- crazy. Oh, I bet. So yeah. what was cool is that once you had the tins that were, you know, like I would pretend they were drums sometimes, um, then you just got refills for those. So you'd reorder from the Charles oh. Chips delivery man. And then the next order would be in like just a cellophane bag that you would put I into. That. Yeah. I was the, just about to say, you like guys, this is a yep. fabulous yeah, idea that. for right now mm-hmm. because of, you know, how everybody's trying to be eco-friendly. Like you're, although you're still yeah. getting the plastic bags of chips. So, but you have a nice container to put them in. You do. That can also And they be, don't get crunched and crummy. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. And really, you the hours chips. of fun that I would have drumming on those, I mean, they'd even have dents in the top of them. Oh, but funny. what was really cool, my epiphany was one day I was having a Charles Chip chip <laughs> and in one hand. In the Same. other hand, I had a Charles Chip chocolate chip cookie. And I went like this. And I stuck a both of them in my mouth at the same time, and my brain exploded. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. I mean, honestly, I had never had the sweet-salty combo before, oh at least God. realized that that's what it was. It was your hostess fruit by lemon moment. Yes. And from then on, I would sit with both of them, and I would have a chip in one hand, and sometimes I would just go, oh. I'd bite one, and then I'd quickly bite another one because they had to be in my mouth at the same time. Time really You should have invented that, you know, because I see all the time, like at the gourmet stores and stuff, the chocolate chip cookies with potato chips oh, in them. Gosh. You're yeah. the one that should have invented mm-hmm. that. It's sort yeah. of like the Reese's, you know, how I they're like, one guy, remember the commercial, the guy's, or oh, yeah. someone's eating yeah, a chocolate bar, chocolate someone's eating peanut, peanut butter. butter. Yeah. Oh, no, and then yeah. the chocolate bar goes peanut butter. Other, right? Got your peanut yeah. butter in my chocolate. Yeah. So anyway, that was such a food memory and when he would come when the charles chips man would come he was like the milkman we had a milkman too it's the best Um, milkman i've ever heard of (laughs) yes and every once in a while mom would get a little bit excited and she'd order like the cheese the cheeto brand the cheeto thing out of like the the doritos chips well no like cheetos not like oh literally like i thought you meant cheese okay yeah i gotcha well like the little cheese puff kind of things but they were the charles chips lindo has taken a walk on the wild side Well, except Lillian. Lillian. Oh, Lillian, I mean, sorry. Lillian yeah. was taking a walk on the <laughs> It's hard to keep Linda and Lillian. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. They're cut from the same mold. But yes, mm-hmm. so Charles Chips is a um, a vivid, happy memory on so many levels. Yeah. I love that. Well, should we keep these good memories going and get to this episode that's all about uh, the foods of our childhoods? Mm-hmm, I like yes. it. Okay, let's do it. When most of us think back on our 70s and early 80s childhoods, a lot of our memories are tied to food. Hostess and Drake's snack cakes, Saturday morning cereal, TV dinners, hamburger helper, grandma's jello salad molds. So we thought we'd spend today talking about those food fads we still salivate or in the case of my mom's liver and onions, gag, Mm -hmm. remembering. And (laughs) to make this even more fun for us and for all of you, we have a special guest sitting in with us today, society member, Gen Xer, and foodie, Erica Wides, a straight up Gen Xer born in 1967. A classic child of the 70s, Erica was basically raised by wolves, held lengthy conversations (laughs) in her head with Laura Ingalls while eating too many frozen waffles, was allowed to wander the streets of Manhattan alone at 14 and still thinks she's only 28. Same, Erica, same. Uh, She is a professional chef, cooking teacher, food media host, and commercial actor whose niche is in menopause drugs, same, Erica, Mm -hmm. um, and Gen X retirement planning ads. She is the creator and host of Funny People Making Food, a food and comedy mashup series on YouTube, and was the creator and host of Let's Get Real on Heritage Radio Network, where she taught people how to not eat shit. (laughs) Erica, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here, Erica. Thank you. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. My life's (laughs) dream fulfilled. (laughs) 
Gosh. We're your life's dream? Wow, you got to totally. dream bigger. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. No, this is like right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Very You're exciting. our people for sure. Well, and you guys, since there are four voices today and all four of us love to talk, hey, we're self-aware people, uh, we're going to break this episode down into segments and we're going to try our best to stick to the topic. Ladies, can we all agree to that? I'm in. Yes. I'm raising my I'm hand. The guest, so, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The guest. The guest can speak as much as she wants to. Exactly. Oh no. I was like, I'm the guest, so I need to be polite. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start us off talking about snack foods, and you guys. Oh my goodness. These snack foods of our childhoods. I want to go back and eat them all. Um, I know we all sometimes have an unrealistic affinity towards things of our youth, but damn, you guys, the snack foods. Back then, slapped. That's what the kids say now, by the way. They slapped. It was fire. It was fire. I don't even, did I use that correctly? I don't don't remember when I, I think it's on fleck. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The snack foods were on fleck or on fleek. I don't know. Anyway, I didn't know. I think maybe that was But I didn't get it right. And I said fleck one time because I was, I am me. I love that about you. Um, And now I can't stop saying on fleck. Like I can't figure out which is the real one. I'm going to stick with the snack foods back then slapped. They slapped. Um, so I asked our followers on social media to share their most memorable foods from their childhoods with us. And you guys, I'm not sure if everyone was hungry or just misses these foods or hates what they eat today, but holy macaroni and cheese. We were flooded with food lists. Like, I'm not sure there is a food from the 1970s that wasn't mentioned. And I tried to write them all down, but please, everyone listening, don't at me. Um, if I missed your contribution, <laughs> just go eat a pudding cup and you'll get over it. Um, okay. So we're going to start with some snack foods that you guys shared. And we're going to start the list with an item that the three of us hadn't ever heard of, but many of our followers shared with us, including our friend, Melissa Gilbert. And that is Pillsbury food sticks. Erica, mm-hmm. do you remember those? Okay, so I had not remembered them until you posted a picture on Instagram. Me and too. then it came rushing back to me yeah. that they were a thing. I, I had a friend who, like, her mom let her eat anything. And I remember having one at her house. I actually asked Melissa if they were beef sticks. But it, yeah, it turns out they're <laughs> like chocolate Tootsie Roll looking things that apparently have the nutritional yeah. value of an entire meal. Some people called them space food sticks. Yeah, so that's them in familiar space? to me. And then mm-hmm. you could take them to space with you, and then you wouldn't need to eat like a whole meal. You just have your. And you didn't know stick. if it was bread or candy. It had like sort of a bread oh. consistency. It was like bread mixed with tootsie roll. Yeah, yeah. it was like a spongy like. tootsie roll. Yeah. You know what? To me, it was like carnation instant breakfast squeezed into like stick form. Oh, yeah. so it looked like a big Kit Kat. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and yeah. he said it looked like a big Slim Jim. He he thought they looked yeah. like Slim Jims. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Here we go though with the rest of the list. I'm gonna go kind of fast. I'm gonna stop, and um, you guys stop me though if there's one that you have a great memory of. So okay. in the pudding category, we have pudding. Pops. In the, wait a second, we have a pudding category. <laughs> well, of well sort of. Yeah. There's different because kinds. We in have the pudding, pudding pops. Food group. Mm-hmm. We have snack pack pudding little packs. And we have Hunt's pudding pack because Hunt's had the butterscotch, if you'll remember. But you guys, you had to be really careful with these pudding packs, not to slice your tongue when you licked the pudding off of oh, it. Remember? Because they were metal like Danger. a cat food or dog food mm-hmm. can still yeah. is. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Carolyn, you're raising your hand. What would you like to say? Yes, I, I would like to say that I'd like to add to the pudding category the, the jello pudding that you mixed with the milk and stirred up yes. and then put in the refrigerator. That's mm-hmm. what we had. So I think my yes. mom thought that was almost like making it from scratch. It wasn't just pre-made in the can. But if you left right. it in the refrigerator too long and it got the this skin. kind of like skin oh, on the top God. that you had yes. to like peel off. Um, okay, we're, mo- we're moving on. We're going to Hostess Fruit Pies. Peanut oh. butter boppers. You guys, which I didn't mm-hmm. know. I looked it up. Oh my God, I want them so badly. This is from the 80s, General Mills. It's basically a peanut butter roll covered in chocolate and then rolled in things like graham cracker crumbs or Rice Krispie crunchies or cookies. So it's almost like a, it's a treat. It's not, uh, it's not like, um, food sticks where it had the nutritional value. So it, think of a, um, think of a nut roll, like a, a Pearson's nut roll, but the middle's all peanut butter and then it's rolled in chocolate and then it's rolled in fudge cookies or it. graham crackers. I or, missed peanut butter yeah. boppers too. Maybe and that I was lived here yeah. too. Boppers. Never no, heard I of lived them. here. I never heard oh, of it. Yeah. So good. I'm telling you. Um, oh, look because it up. people out there, General Mills is in Minneapolis. It was the That's 80s, why. and I really yeah. want some of those. Okay, we have Funyuns, which I loved as oh. a kid. Funyuns were so good. <sighs> okay, Funyuns, Funyuns play a vital role yeah. in my book coming out in 2023. <gasps> really? There is a Funyuns thread, yes, <laughs> and Mr. Pibb. Mr. Pibb, which apparently I can't call Mr. Pibb anymore. What? My son's like, Mom, there's no Mr. It's just Pibb. Planners cheese balls in a can. Yes, Love please. Those. Can still buy those? Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. Doodad's snack mix. One of my favorites was Screaming Yellow Zonkers. Do you guys remember those? Yes. I yes. remember yes. that, but I never ate it. <laughs> Screaming it Yellow Zonkers. It would stick zonkers. in your teeth, though, wouldn't it? Because it had that hard, almost like popcorn with a hard and- candy shell. Fiddle Faddle, which was the same thing, but a different brand. I love Fiddle Faddle. My dad loved it. We weren't allowed to eat any of this stuff. Oh, no. This was all other people's houses. Yeah. Yeah, this was at like slumber parties at the like trashy mm-hmm. girls' houses. And did yeah. you have friends that you you went there for the food? Like, oh yeah, we have. Um, hey, Kool Aid. You know, you <gasps> love Kool Aid. Um, Nabisco sugar rings. I don't. People like I don't those. Know I don't know one. what those are. Of course, you've got the fruit cocktail with the half squishy grape and the one cherry per can. The one cherry. Who's um, gonna get the cherry? Pizza rings, which I hadn't heard of, but. A lot of people, that was sort of a, a split thing. I'd love to try those. Keebler Magic Middles. Those were cookies with, I think they had like fudgy stuff in the middle. Oh, yeah. I remember um, Lots of candy comments for my favorite marathon bar, uh, Pop Rocks, oh. Whatchamacallits, Nerds, Ring Pops, Lick'em Sticks, Fun Dip. A lot oh, of this stuff you can still dip. get. Just mm-hmm. You guys, you know where the best candy store is? Like We have, an, we have a lot of cute little old-time candy stores in little towns in Minnesota, right? And, and in all states, not just Minnesota. But you know where it's all like retro candy. I promise mm-hmm. you the best place to get that is you just go to the Holiday Station or like, depend, that's the gas station, the Circle K, the 7-Eleven, whatever you want to call it. Gas station stores have the best candy. You can still get they a whatchamacallit there. You can still get fun dip there. You can still get all that stuff. Um, except for marathon bars, sadly. You can't. You can get what's called a no. twirly whirly, which is the like Cadbury Not version. Same. Not the same. Mm-mm. Not the same. Um, okay, we have Doritos, the OG, the taco flavored Doritos. Yum. In the um, combos, yeah. easy cheese, the squirt cheese, putting it on crackers. You Tang. can only have that on road trips. That's the rule. Oh, the squirt cheese. It's unspoken. It's an because unspoken that's a great rule, thing to you... have in a car. Yeah, apparently. that seems like the worst idea ever. Well, I think Wait. there are no rules in the car. I think right. that you also are just... with yeah Hickory Farm summer sausage you ate in the car in the car, but not at home in the car. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too trashy for home. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, no rules in the We're car. We're trashy in the right. car, but not at home. <laughs> We're classy at home. Uh, yeah. Okay, we have Little Debbie Oatmeal Cream Pies, Nestle Quick, Chocolate, and Strawberry. Wasn't there a banana quick? I believe there was a banana that you can make okay, banana milk Okay, can I talk to. to you about strawberry milk for a second? So when I was very little and I went to daycare, we could choose. You could have white milk, chocolate milk, or strawberry milk. And we're like two. We're like two and three years old. What color milk do you want? And I always took white because I wasn't ready for chocolate and strawberry. And the strawberry <laughs> in particular was very frightening to me. What is up with the pink milk? Pink milk. Yeah. Could, so just white every time for me. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, okay, Craft American cheese slices. Um, but I love that people, several people said they would nibble them into shapes and stick them to their fridge. Um. <laughs> oh, I, oh, we would make faces. We would kind mm-hmm. of like oh, bite an yeah, eye. Yeah, you got your folded over. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and do you guys know make a mouth? that to yep. this day you can actually buy a face mask, you know, like to put on to moisturize your face that looks like a piece of Kraft American cheese? Stop um, it. Ding oh dongs, but only in the foil wrap. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fiddle faddle, which uh, Erica, you mentioned yep. well ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I love this one because you can still get this today, and I still get this today sometimes. I used to get it for my kids all the time. The little box of animal crackers with the string handle. Oh, I loved that. You can still oh, buy those at Target, and my I used to get those for my girls for airplane rides all the time. Yes. Oh, yes, crazy yeah. thing. <laughs> they just changed the design of that package so that the animals are not behind bars anymore. <gasps> what? <gasps> Because there were complaints about the animals being oh, caged, and so they're not oh. zoo animals anymore. They're just animals, animals with free will. Yes, free will and free range. They're free range and free range animal free range crackers and no gender. <laughs> right. No, of Mr. Course. Lion. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to play a fun game of this or that snacks, um, where you'll each get two popular snack foods from the '70s and early '80s, and you have a split second to choose just one. And everybody's getting a different choice. So we're going to go round robin a few times. Um, so when I give you the this or that, I don't want you to think too hard on it. I want you to just, what the first, your first instinct, okay? okay. All right, Erica, we'll start with you. Pringles or OG taco flavored Doritos? Doritos. Carolyn, Hostess fruit pie or Hostess ding dong? Oh, ding dong. Kristen, snack pack chocolate pudding or fruit cocktail cup? Oh, fruit cocktail. Oh, really? You're going I'm for the mushroom person. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who picks okay. fruit over pudding? I, uh, especially that fruit. fruit. Let's oh, be honest. I hated the fruit cocktail. <laughs> we had to have it as dessert a lot. Oh, those little square yeah. pears. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, yep. the pears are kind of grainy. Yes. Gritty. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What was yeah. that? Yeah. It's pear. We ate a lot of canned fruit. <laughs> oh, Erica, this is a tough choice. Best okay. of luck to you on this one. A snack and cake or Sara Lee refrigerated pound cake? Oh, Sara Lee. Good choice. Wait, what's a snacking cake? Like the bed, like just the snacking cake. It actually came, Betty, it was Betty Crocker, wasn't it? It came yeah, in the box and it just had the little pan in it and you oh, could mix it up oh, in the oh. pan. And oh, we no, did it I on changed my vote. Okay. Oh, snacking cake? <laughs> that, yeah. It's like a it step up from Easy Bake. It had yes, frosting it had with frosting. it, had a little pouch it and it had, yep. we would make the chocolate chip ones a lot on sleepovers. You guys though, those yeah. Sara Lee refrigerated pound cakes, if they, they used to have a banana one. And it had like this yellow oh, like frosting, frosting on it. And it was in like the Husker freezer dude. section. You guys, Sorry. I could open that thing. It was in a foil pan. I could take a fork to that as like a 10-year-old and eat the whole thing. Like if I could get my hands on one of those snack and cakes, I would like mainline the frosting like a little <laughs> baby heroin in it. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carolyn, ready? Mm-hmm. Funyuns or Fritos? Funyuns. Kristen, planner's cheese balls or Cheetos? 
Cheese balls. Um, and then the last one, Erica, peanut butter and marshmallow fluff or peanut butter and banana on a sandwich? Oh. So this is the answer based on when you were a kid or now? Oh, yeah. Well, either. I would eat either Back of those then. now in a heartbeat. But I yeah. mean, if I was eight, it would be the fluff. If it was now, mm-hmm. it would be the banana. Oh, I love both. Peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. All right. Good job, you guys. Those are really fun snack foods. Another kind of food that we got a lot of responses about were the convenience foods of our day. And so I'm going to share with you a few of those that our followers shared. And let's see what we remember from that. So there were the chicken pot pies, the OG Swanson ones, which Mm -hmm. you can still get today. And I might say that is what kept my husband before we were married alive because that's like all he could afford <laughs> so his refrigerator freezer would be full of those and then mm-hmm. um, hot dogs would be in the refrigerator but hot yes do- i loved the crust yeah the potatoes the chicken and the soup stuff but i would pick like when i was done eating i would have a little tiny pile of peas and carrots <laughs> over on the side yeah. <laughs> Well, when Andy would cook dinner for me, when I would come over and we would have two chicken pot pies and he would, I would <laughs> have to have the other one, that's what I would do. And he would be first kind of chastise me, like, you need to eat your peas and carrots and that's the best part. <laughs> and I would go, ew. And I would only eat the top of the um, – I don't like things that that's were so once good. crunchy that become mushy, like cereal. Oh, that's cereal. the best part on the um, bottom. I know. So I could eat the top it? of the pot pie and like the crunchy – but I didn't like oh, the, the inside the, the, part. Uh, the edge. Yes, was so the good. edge was good, but so the other much. part. Mm-hmm. So I would pick out the potatoes and the chicken like you, Michelle, and kind of the sauce. And then Andy would finish the rest for me. And there you go. Mm. All righty. So we're moving on to Morton fo- frozen pastries. I don't know that I remember these I don't that, know that much. I that one either. No. Oh, oh okay. Michelle. I did in the 80s. Okay. So in the 80s when it was – then it was just my mom and I. And I was um, – uh, I left for school by myself. I came home. I was by myself. I would get Morton's honey buns. They're frozen. It's almost like a cinnamon roll. And you put it in the microwave. And then when it's done after like 20 seconds, you guys, the frosting, that kind of glaze on top, when you cut it with your fork, it like cracks. All right. Well, then we've got the classic Swanson TV dinner. And we'll talk a little bit more about TV dinners at the end of this. So um, I can just tell you that fried chicken was always my go-to in the frozen TV dinner Aisle. All right, we've got Chef Boyardee roller coasters, shake and bake, the Chef Boyardee pizza kits. We never oh, got those. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. those were so Everything bizarre. Everything was in plastic. What is? No, this was in the box. Yeah, but I mean, all the ingredients oh. were in, in the box. Oh, like we're in oh, a little oh, we plastic never got pouch. It. Everything was in a oh. pouch. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Never had Yeah, those that. are just wrong. Just wrong. Okay, <laughs> okay we've got rice aroni, mug a lunch, creamed chip beef boil in a bag. And I'm going to just say oh, that. God. I know. My Shit dad My dad loved that. So he, I loved it too. He I would just remember first of all the whole concept of the stuff's in a bag and you get water to boil and then you just dump this bag in. And then I just remember him cutting it open and pouring it over toast. And he would just be in seventh heaven. And I just thought it was the most bizarre thing, but I'm glad you loved it, Kristen. He was like cooking. Yes, that and corned beef hash that came in a can. He loved that too. And those were both concepts that I just, I don't know. I couldn't quite get my head You know, head if you, in that same category, a thing that I never got was deviled ham. Like, I don't even know oh, what it, it's in God. that little can with the devil on it. Yeah. And I still, yeah, to Underwood's this day, deviled yeah, ham. Yeah, Underwood's yes. deviled ham. And it's wrapped yeah, in paper 
And I yes. didn't know what it was. Yeah, like, we didn't yeah. eat that either. Yeah, it's like it's like mm. cat food. It looks like cat food. <laughs> it does. Good one. Which kind mm-hmm. of leads. My mom still loves one of her favorite things ever is brown schwag. Oh, oh my dad like loves that. <gasps> yes. Oh, oh god. Oh, oh and it smells so mm-hmm. bad. It makes me vomit to just. It looks like vomit in a tube. Yeah. Yeah. It makes Isn't a really good dog. Treat. Sorry for those of you that love love it. Isn't it like <laughs> liver? It's liverwurst. Yeah, I think it's so. Liverwurst. It's yeah. a liver oh. sausage. sausage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, I I taught culinary school for many many years, and we had to do our like charcuterie unit, and we would make sausage, and one of them was Braunschweiger. Yeah, like and <gasps> Dude, finally, make it? yeah. We, well, we had to teach the students. Like okay. it was one of the yeah, and we would make it. They tasted it. Would all go right in the garbage. So finally, <laughs> I was like. Can we just take this out of the curriculum? This is just stupid. Nobody's eating it. <laughs> no, Nobody's going to make Brunschweiger anymore. Ugh. Well, my dad loved it. Yeah, and he loved liver, so. Mm-hmm. My okay. dog loves it, too. Oh, well, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's special. Well, that's who's supposed to love it, is dogs. Right. <laughs> that's also a little bit like dog yeah. food. And oh, Germans. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Spaghettios? Oh, God. Oh, yes. Did you see when somebody commented, I think it was Sonia, um, said she was sure she had SpaghettiOs in her thermos for lunch at school. Oh, my sister mm-hmm. did. I know that. All right. We have Hamburger Helper, Spam, Steakums, which <gasps> I'm clapping. I, right. We loved our Steakums, although yeah. Kristen and I have discovered we prepared them in very different ways. Yours is far more sophisticated. Well, of course, because, I mean, of course you put cheese on them. Perfect after school snack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Lipton Cup of Soup. Manwich Sloppy Joe's, still my son's favorite food. When we ask what you would want um, the night Liam before school too. started, my kids would always yeah. get to pick their favorite thing to have and or your birthday dinner. And mm-hmm. Andrew's would always be Manwich Sloppy Joe's. And on, a, on an aside, he was here for dinner last night um, and we just ordered pizza. But he said, oh, I got to get home and defrost my meat because I'm going to make um, Manwich tomorrow for dinner. <laughs> So there you go. I'm cooking dinner tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a bachelor, so, you know, that's I'm glad he's eating something warm. I came downstairs uh, just this week, and Liam is making manage for, for lunch. In the middle of the day, he's browning meat. And I was both mystified and proud. Yeah, that's about <laughs> how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. Okay, Franco-American beefaroni. And I'm going to add Franco-American and I'm going to say it was like this spaghetti, but it had cheese sauce. It was my dad's absolute oh, favorite. I don't food. know about so this. much so it was not everywhere. And um, whenever he would find it, he would buy like twelve cans of it. It was just like a bizarre thing. Like we'd be on a road trip and we'd go into a grocery <laughs> store in I don't know Georgia, and they'd have it, and we'd like load up. And when I moved to Virginia. I found a grocery store that had it, and literally, I had to ship it, like 20, I had to buy every can that was on the shelf, and oh ship God, it funny. to my dad. So it was this, like, cheese spaghetti that he loved. And it was Franco-American? Yeah. And it was Franco-American. Was there any tomato sauce, or just No, cheese? it was all yellow. Okay. It was all yellow. <laughs> I don't know. Michelle just threw up in her mouth a little bit. But maybe it's like an Alfredo-type No, taste. it was, I don't know what it oh, was, no? maybe, but it was yellow, it yellow. It was easy cheese. And spaghetti. He loved it. He loved yeah. it. Yeah. It was okay. cheese with a Z. Yes. That's right. Cheese food. <laughs> All right. We've got your carnation breakfast bars, carnation instant breakfast, Lachoy, canned American Chinese food. And does anyone remember tuna twist? Did anyone's no. mother? <laughs> oh, wait. I don't like oh, no, tuna. tuna. I never helper. liked tuna. Okay. Yeah. There was the tuna helper. And then yeah. tuna twist was cold and it was like this um, 
this mixed seasoning that you just mixed with a can of um, tuna fish, and voila, you had this yummy tuna salad that you could I have on lettuce, one. which is what my mom did because she was always dieting, or right. a sandwich, which none of us liked, but we had to eat because that's all there was. And otherwise, <laughs> you went hungry. One of my absolute favorite childhood memories revolves around a convenience food. And I'm going to share it with you and see if this rings a bell to anybody. It was Friday nights, and often my mom would let my sister and I have a TV dinner that we purchased earlier in the week. It was a big deal. We'd go to the grocery store, and we'd choose a Libby Land TV dinner. I don't know if anyone remembers. Oh, tell me um, more about this, because a lot yeah. of our society members yeah. do, because they commented and that on Libby, me like, uh, Libby Land. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there was Safari Supper. There was... Um, my sister's favorite, which was the pirate picnic, and we get to pick. So, and it had <laughs> like a dinner diorama with it. Like, so when it was totally yeah. targeted towards kids, and you could have this little diorama that you looked at <clears throat> while you ate. Uh, we, however, would be looking at the TV because on Friday nights, my mom would do this because later she and my dad would be having a romantic candlelit dinner in our dining room. So, this was a way to get my sister and I fed. Then in the bath and off to bed, and she would be preparing some fancy meal in her, like, Sears hostess dress in the <laughs> kitchen. And we would get the Libby Land um, TV dinner, and we'd get to sit in front of the TV, which was a really big On deal. On a TV tray? Uh, well, look, you get those miniature ones, like, more like the yeah. breakfast tray, because you'd be yeah. sitting crisscross applesauce, floor. the prescribed distance away from the TV. So, so there you don't was go some, blind. Yeah. yeah, so you didn't go mm-hmm. blind, whatever, like, good housekeeping was tell all yep. Telling all the moms. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so we'd be there. And the only thing that really freaked me out about these Libby Land dinners, the Safari Supper, was it had chocolate pudding, lo and behold, but it was hot. And I could oh, not what? wrap oh, my head around. Yeah, you, like, couldn't take it out. Like, you could take the brownie out of some things if you wanted or whatever. You had to have – and I never really ate it because it, it was weird. And it usually got a film on it. And that was the one part of the um, – Safari supper that I did not enjoy. Like, who eats warm pudding? Tell me about the crystals in the milk, because that's the part that who screwed me. And why? Because I was a little bit, I was a little bit afraid, but also really wanted that funny milk. Did it look funny, or just was it just a different color, or was it like sparkly, or or different? Was it like I just remember my sisters would be like blue, and I just thought that was really weird. It was weird colors. Okay, our. Uh, freezer wasn't just full though of Swanson's chicken pot pies. It was also full of Swanson's TV yes. dinners, and we ate those a lot. So convenient um, uh, because when we were just living with my mom, she was always working, so mm-hmm. it was always um, convenient. And my favorite was for sure the Salisbury steak, oh, and it was really just I because it came with a chocolate brownie in the middle. A lot of the um, TV dinners came with a little bit of, it was like a little apple right. cobbler, the or fried apple, chicken like just, yeah. And I, I didn't want anything. I just wanted, I, I based my choice on, on what the dessert was. And so the chocolate brownie and then the mashed potatoes. And I also loved corn. The Salisbury steak was fine. I ate it, but you guys, there was nothing that would wreck my day more than when you take it out of the oven and you'd peel back the foil and there was pieces of corn in your brownie. (laughs) (laughs) Not just in your brownie, but baked in your brownie. Oh, it's the worst. Nothing could ruin my day like that. Get out of my brownie, Mm -hmm. you stupid corn. And I think I said this earlier. My mom was a very accomplished cook. I'm going to say that like nine times during this, so please excuse me. And I... 
just like the Franco-American spaghetti, I would eat those TV dinners. I would eat my Salisbury steak and I'd be like, this is so good. I don't know why my mom works so hard to make like real steak. <laughs> Although honestly, she wasn't making steak. She was making liver and telling us it was steak. I learned that as oh. an adult. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh mm-hmm. gosh. Eat your steak, kids. <sighs> why do they do that to us? So wrong. All right. Here's my fun game. Um, okay. I'm going to give you a little tagline from a convenience food uh, from one of their commercials, and I'm going to see if you can tell me what food I am talking about. And I might okay. say it or sing it because that might help you a little bit. And I guess I'll oh, go fun. with if whoever Bonus. hand I see raised okay. first. So I'm going to okay. try to okay. look at the my hand ready. <laughs> and this I'm going to try to do in the voice as well. And I helped. Oh, uh, Michelle, I think I saw yours first. Shake and bake, yeah, and right. I helped. That's right. Good job. Okay. God, I love that commercial. My friend Lisa, Lisa, if you're listening right now, which she does listen a lot, Lisa, that one was for you because you guys, we would do it oh, all the time. Oh, my sister and I. Shake yeah. and bake. It's shake and, and, and I helped. helped. It's shake and bake, and I helped. Shake and bake coating mix. It's better than frying. <laughs> okay. What about mm good? Yes, Erica. Well, Campbell's, of course. Very I mean, the classic good. Campbell's. Yeah. Um, I'll so give you easy. a little context for this. So, the flavor says butter. Hint, a margarine tub could talk. Yes, Erica. Oh. Isn't that parquet? Oh, that is parquet. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, it goes, yeah. Parquet. And it, and it goes, parquet. Yeah. Very <laughs> good. Parquet. Yeah. <laughs> the most evil food product ever invented, by the way, margarine. Like, oh, yeah. responsible yeah. for, like, oh, an entire yeah. generation dying of heart disease. Thank you very much. God, think oh, about that. Seriously. Yeah. Okay, what about when you need a helping hand? Uh, yes, uh, Michelle. Kristen, you stink at this. Go ahead, Michelle. I know. It's hamburger helper. Yes, hamburger, it's hamburger helper. helper right? I yes. swear there's a delay. Yeah. I'm putting my hand up, and I'm not getting called on. I'm going to, I'm telling the teacher. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she never She's calls invisible. on me. <laughs> okay, come on. This one's easy. They're great. Kristen. Yay, I got one. <laughs> Frosted Flakes. And fun fact, Tony the Tiger's voice is one of my parents' college professors. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I remember. I love that. Yeah. Okay. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. Oh, damn it. I don't know. It's oh, it's the blue air. Is it the blue? God. And there's there's like thunder it, that comes next. Yeah, because yeah. there's Mother Nature and she has like all yes. plants Wait, in her hair. It's not, yes, yes, and it's yes. Joanne Worley. Is it Joanne Worley? It's not nice. No. I feel like it is Joanne no, Worley. No, it's not. Her name was Deanne something because I was looked it, it up. Was it another margarine? It was. was. It I feel like it's butter. It was sort chiffon. Of butter. Chiffon. chiffon. I knew it was margarine. And she said it kind of evil like, or whatever. Like, it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. <laughs> it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. <laughs> You guys, remembering these commercials is so much fun. And one of my favorites is from 1984. And it's, now I know it is some of your um, children's favorite food. But um, I just love, just, do you guys remember this? It's dinner time and time's tight. I just brown some ground beef and have a manwich night. Mom's working late and you got to feed them right. Like, you know, because moms are the only ones apparently who can Mm -hmm. cook the dinner. And he's like, we just browned some ground beef and have a manwich night. Do you guys remember no, those? A so sandwich. Those little scenarios. A sandwich is a sandwich, but a manwich is a meal. Just a sandwich meal. is a meal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. But probably the number one that you guys will recognize is the Tootsie Pop with Mr. Owl. 
Of oh, course. Yeah. How many licks Mr. does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. A one. Yep. A two. A two. A three. Three. A three. Mr. Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? A good question. Let's find out. One, two, three, three. If there's anything I can't stand, it's a smart owl. <laughs> Have you guys ever counted them? Did you I think I've started yes. before thinking I was going to do it. But yeah, lost tried, and then like I just a lot forget. of things yeah. in my life. I start them, but I just never finish them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do any of you okay, remember? Um, oh, sorry, a cereal called Kaboom. <gasps> Kaboom oh, yeah. was my yeah. first sugared cereal besides King Vitamin. Yes, Kaboom it had like little wagon wheels that were purple. Yeah, it was and clown green. circus themed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaboom. Oh, I love okay. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't that good, we actually, yeah, but it was better than Cheerios. We've so I posted it was awesome. that when I've posted that on social media before, like in serial posts, people lose their minds. Yeah, they love that. Do you guys I don't remember, remember that. Might have been a regional tab thing. where they're pouring it into the glass that's shaped like an hourglass, as if like if you drink <gasps> yes. tab, yes. you could totally. whittle away at your waist. Yes. yes. Oh. Right. Oh my gosh. Do they still sell it? I need to go get some. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Anymore, I'm in. I think. Yeah, that diet food culture. Oh my gosh, how it it influenced a lot of what. Well, I think a lot of times my mom ate something different than we did. Like my sister, yeah. my dad worked mm-hmm. shift work, and my sister and I would she'd make us a dinner, and then she'd like just be nibbling around in the kitchen. I don't know what she like was on eating. cottage cheese. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you guys think about it. I mean, it's is it really that much different today? I mean, I definitely think um, it it had you know it it became really popular back then but there's still it's still such a you know now an we industry have, now, now we have all the different fiber bars and protein bars yeah. and meal replacement bars are crazy mm-hmm. um, but yeah what was it about the 70s so i think what really shifted in the 70s were there were a couple of really important factors that contributed to this the first one was moms going back to work and back into the workplace and sort of suddenly seeing themselves through the eyes of the outside world in a different way. Um, and these were probably women who had had a few kids and there was no exercise really culture back then and they had put on weight. And that was a big part of it was they were suddenly kind of, I think, seeing themselves differently and seeing themselves through the outside world. But also, diet culture really exploded in the 70s because it coincided with all of the um, terrible wrong research that started coming out about weight and what made you fat. So the vegetable oil industry wanted to sell more vegetable oil, basically, and they started to put all the blame on animal fats, right? So that's where the, like, drink skim milk, eat turkey bacon, eat low-fat cheese, eat non-fat dairy, all that came out of because the vegetable oil industry was trying to sell more product because there's this huge glut of grain products, corn, soybeans, stuff like oh, that, wow. which has to do with farm policy in the 60s, which is a whole other episode and a much more serious topic. Um, but also the... Um, explosion in corn sweeteners happened in the 70s and so suddenly everything that had been sweetened with sugar was now sweetened with corn syrup and corn syrup was this super cheap super available easy to use product that allowed like all these shelf stable products that's why the packaged junk food processed food world just exploded in the 70s because corn syrup is this great preservative and sweetener and and that's where all the junk food we just talked about came from 
right? I mean, this is, and then so the sort of backlash against that was like, oh my God, everybody's getting really fat. Also, you know, this is where we started to see the end of like manual labor and factory work and people transitioning out of all of that. So people got much more sedentary. There was like a whole, you know, there were all sorts Mm -hmm. of shifts and budget cuts in schools. So they were taking out sports and and just, you know. There were a lot of things that led to the to the and the suburbs too, like some and the suburbization exactly. Yeah, suburbization. Kids who used to walk to school were now taking the bus to school. So hand in hand with all of that was suddenly like, oh my god, everybody's fat. Let's all go on a diet. You know, how are we going to do this? How are we going to lose weight? And so that's where you start to see this sort of the health food craze and the and the diet craze of the 70s and the 80s. The health food craze came more out of the hippies and the counterculture in the 70s and the the 60s and this sort of realization of like how much shit Americans were eating and how crappy our food supply had gotten. But there was, I think, this like really bipolar thing going on with food with these two opposing messages of like Mm -hmm. everybody, you know, starting jogging and drinking carrot juice and the health food stuff that was sort of happening. But then this like onslaught of these, you know, artificially sweetened processed packaged convenience foods And here are all these moms going back to work and being like, how am I supposed to feed my children? And here are all these products to fill that need. You know, it's like you create the problem Mm -hmm. and then you create the, you know, the the solution to fill that problem. Right. So the food industry was happy to step in and do that. Um, So the house I grew up in was sort of really like bipolar fucked up about food because my mom was a Holocaust survivor who like almost like starved to death as a child and watched her grandparents starve to death and like had all this trauma about food. And then they emigrated here in the, in 1949. And she sort of grew up in this sort of normal 1950s life. My parents were like sort of very influenced by that, um, 1970s back to the land do it yourself kind of Mm -hmm. stuff so like we had a big garden and we made our own pickles and like my mom was really into canning and we tried to you know we ate in this sort of very like what we would call now you know sort of like farm to table way in a way Mm -hmm. we would go fishing and do all of this stuff but then at the same time she would give me like spaghettios for lunch (laughs) and we would eat like American cheese singles and so it was like very bipolar that mm-hmm. way. It was like mm-hmm. she was sort of like embracing these convenience foods, but then also we would have this like bucket of pickles fermenting in our downstairs bathroom. <laughs> well, I definitely had that whole um what you said earlier, Erica, about how um, you know, all of the health food things were becoming big, but also moms were going back to work. But anyway, um one in the 70s, for some reason, my mom and stepdad went through, they they jumped on board that huge health food. Um, craze. And we got a juicer and we had to drink carrot juice and celery juice. My stepfather would like make us drink it. I'd been raised so far like on quick and, you know, chocolate milk and this kind of stuff, putting Hershey syrup in my milk. And all of a sudden it's like, that's not okay anymore. You have to drink carrot juice for breakfast. I can still taste it. And we shopped at the co-op. We Mm -hmm. lived in this little town in um, Forest Grove, Oregon for about six months. And we, that was the big deal. We're going to shop at the uh, co-op. We're going to have a garden. We had to go to the co-op. We had to buy like that awful flavorless peanut butter. With the oil All the chocolate in our house got replaced with carob. Oh, please. Not chocolate. Carob is like the corn and my... Swanson's TV dinner brownie. Like, get out of my life, Carob. That time we were in Oregon was about six months. And then 
we moved to Arizona where it was just my sister, my mom, and I, and she was working. And that was the Swanson's mm-hmm. TV dinners were back. We could have sofa. We were home alone until she got home from work at, you know, 8 p.m. Right. So we could eat whatever we wanted. And so it kind of just, you know, ebbed and flowed. But then a year later, we were back with my stepfather and that damn juicer came back out. So, so your philosophy <laughs> is all fucked up too. It was very bipolar. Yeah. So much was forbidden. There was this whole culture of like, mm-hmm. you can't have that. We No sweetened cereal, no soda like it was there was all this forbidden stuff like everything Mm -hmm. was forbidden you could have it if you went to a friend's house once a year on our birthday we could pick the cereal that we wanted otherwise we ate product 19 remember that oh Oh, product in the red box that's what my mom ate on a diet yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so everything was like forbidden you could only eat these very specific things you know only home cooked stuff whatever whatever you know coupling that with then like being a fat kid who's being told like you can't have this and you can't have that all everything suddenly became like I was like a drug addict, like addicted to sugar and chocolate, whatever. And I would like walk down. We lived at the top of this giant hill and I would walk the mile down to our little town with my little piggy bank full of pennies to the candy store down there. So I could like buy all this stuff and like, Scarf you know, it. like a drug addict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, trudge my little fat ass back up the hill. Right. Like it was insane. which is I think ultimately why I became a chef because becoming a chef you totally immerse yourself in food everything becomes equal you really solved your problem I'm really impressed you're right that is a solution that really is a solution because now you enjoy really good food because you know how to make it taste good so there is one crossover item that belongs in both the diet category and in the dinner party area and that is I mentioned it once before cottage cheese Cottage cottage cheese cheese was on, if you went to a diner and you ordered the diet plate, it was cottage cheese and some canned pears, maybe on an iceberg lettuce leaf or something like that. Yep. Or a half a cantaloupe with a scoop of cottage cheese and Melba toast. Yeah. My mom ate cottage cheese for breakfast and lunch for probably her entire working life, like 20 years. And then if you put Western dressing on it, now it's a salad. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Now it's a salad. My husband eats it daily. He puts it on a salad daily. It really is a salad. It's a texture thing with me. I can't do it. So if you recall, dinner parties are a thing that people used to have (laughs) in the before times. I always think of Samantha Stevens having to make this big elaborate dinner for Darren's boss, Mr. Tate. Oh, and it was always so chaotic. I mean, (laughs) why did people on TV always have their bosses over? So I put together a little dinner party menu. Collected entirely, you guys, from my mom's recipe box. Every single one of these things is something that we actually had at a dinner party in my home. It's like this recipe box is like a historical record. It's from all the ages, from all the decades, including the 70s. And like I said, my mom was a very accomplished cook, but that, but she also did not turn her nose up at things that required a can of cream of mushroom soup, um, mostly because we loved it, probably. Um, all it's of an essential things, ingredient. It's an essential ingredient, exactly, in the Campbell's soup aisle. And these are all things that we loved, with one with one exception. Um, but the dinner parties, well, they were they were often, like, kind of wiener-centric, like, mostly in the teeny-weeny, teeny-weeny. Was that, am I saying that right? Teeny-weeny-centric? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought um, you meant, like, the steam. guests. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that, too. A lot of That's big dick energy. That's what I was going yeah, to. Right. Yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> Just going for it, Kristen. The big um, no, I meant in the in the processed meat category of teeny weenies. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, welcome to my lots dinner of sausages. Party. Yeah, lots of sausage meats. 
We're going to start the in little the mini room. hot dogs like in yes. sweet and sour sauce. The teeny yeah. minis. The Smokies, L-I-L. Yes, Smokies. They're little. My mom was a fan of the Vienna sausage. With a frilly toothpick. Yeah. That's now it's a party. Now it's a party. Sure. Okay, so these are all recipes that come from my mom's recipe box. So follow me into the living room, please. Um, where you will find on the coffee table a fondue. Mm-hmm. with some crusty bread because obviously i mean that and that doesn't require that's not a recipe for my mom's box because that's just Velveeta cheese cut into cubes and then oh. you light the sterno <laughs> that's all there is um and there's a whole array of hors d'oeuvres on the coffee table not apps we don't have appetizers we have hors d'oeuvres no that's different mm-hmm. um so we have a fish mold of shrimp oh, mousse yeah. with rich crackers yep. do you guys know oh. what's in a shrimp mousse I'll just tell you. Gelatin. I'll just tell you. Yeah, plain gelatin. It's a lot of really good artificial <laughs> things. <laughs> Isn't it the little Margarine. Shrimps? Yeah, the tiny little shrimpies. You got yeah. the shrimpies. And then you have tomato soup, unflavored gelatin, like you said, yeah. Erica, cream cheese, and mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's my a, God. Seriously, I'm having that gag mm-hmm. reflex right now. Oh, it's a classic good. shrimp mousseline. You yeah. know, if we were in oh, France and yeah. someone served it to us, we'd be like, ooh, la, la, shrimp mousseline. Right, like it's pate or something. And I really do like it, you guys. It sounds yeah. ridiculous, but it's And really that good. shrimp mold was like also decor in our kitchen. Yes, yeah, like, so it was yeah, You hang it on the wall. Yeah, you yeah. hang it on the wall. Of you hang it on the wall. Um, and then we're going to have um, Bertie Steindorf's dill dip. I know it's Bertie Steindorf's because it says it right here on the recipe. Bertie Steindorf's dill dip. <laughs> and I'm going to serve that with carrots that I chop by myself because, they're, because baby carrots aren't a thing. So right. I'm going to have to cut all the carrots by myself. And then tell me if this is regional. We would also have, for those who are on a diet, a wooden bowl full of walnuts in the shell. Oh, that's in, in the my shell. Story. Oh, yeah. Yes. And you have a nutcracker. Always. Yes. Yes. Always. With the okay, so yes. that's not just a California thing. Okay. No, that's on the coffee table, yes. always a bowl of mixed in the shell with in nutcrackers. The shell. Yes. In the shell. With a nutcracker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And if, if you put that in front of a child today, they would be like, I don't know what to do. Like They, they would not even know what, what that nut is. They'd be like, what is no. the rock? When but I, you yes. guys, is it because they didn't sell them shelled as, or they were super expensive? They were too expensive. Oh. I bet. Yeah. And it was also just the like inner, it was the process. Yeah. It was like the social. Mm-hmm. And you had the nutcrackers and the yeah. little picks. The yeah. little picks to get yeah, to pick the little meats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. To pick out the meats. And we also yeah. used those for lobster. They were the same tools when we ate mm-hmm. lobster. Depending because on I grew up. Is. You ate lobster? Yeah. yeah okay. But listen, lobster. we didn't have any money. My dad was a teacher, but I grew up on Long Island Sound, a mile mm-hmm. from the harbor. And back then there sure. were lobstermen because there were still lobster in Long Island Sound. There are no more now because of pollution and climate change. But we could go down and buy lobsters right off the boats directly from the lobstermen. Wow. And oh, it was wow. not expensive. So we would eat lobster. We also used to fish a lot. So we would, you know, oh. my dad like knew the guys. Okay, so if you want to pick up your hors d'oeuvre plate and take it over to the crock pot on the buffet, that's where we have our wiener course. And the little teeny wieners are probably bathing in a sauce made out of grape jelly and ketchup. Again, mm. And I guarantee you there's one kid who ate all the little cocktail wieners and went home that night and threw up. Threw up. I yeah. guarantee it. He ate them all. Aren't there little meatballs in there too? Oh, yeah. You could have, yeah. you could have like meatballs pot. on one side Swedish. and teeny wienies on the other. Yeah. Let's get to the dining room where okay. for our main meal, for our main meal, we're going to have something called Yamaseta. You guys, it's Amish. This oh, is no, <laughs> no, yes, this is an <laughs> no, Amish no. Pennsylvania Dutch casserole. Mmm, mm, This was a crowd pleaser. I'm not even lying. You guys listen to this. Here's what we have in our Yamaseta. 
We have ground beef, salt and pepper, a little brown sugar, a can of tomato soup, undiluted, one can of cream of chicken soup, undiluted, a package of egg noodles, and one package of processed cheese. And my research shows that most people prefer the individually wrapped American processed cheese. That's generally how people like their yamaseta. Can I just, like, this is the kind of food that my parents would have called goyish. Oh! Yeah, this is the most... Yeah. This is the most goyasha food that you're all talking mm-hmm. about, being New York Jews. There was, mm-hmm. like, a little bit of a, like, oh, no. Oh, there's totally more goyish. I got a lot yeah. more where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot more than New York Jews are saying, oh, no, that's mm-hmm. just so but I'm not yeah. kidding you guys. People in my family love the yamaseta. Okay. It's the canned soup, the condensed uh-huh. canned soup and processed yep. cheese added to yep. anything and that sort of the way it made everything of sort of uniform texture and flavor. Everything tasted sort of of like MSG and salt and, and cornstarch mm-hmm. and sort of that Plastic. 70s misery. The more like cheese, you the better. Sort of right. Taste the like Jimmy Carter, di- you know, recession, <laughs> divorce. Like it's, it, you can it's taste it all. Taste in of there. divorce. It does it's taste the, of divorce. It's oh, the taste that. of the mid 70s. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, is. It absolutely is. And you can totally. smell the cigarette smoke oh, and the yeah. shag carpeting uh, that by then yeah. was getting like a little musty and absorbing the smell of the smoke. Yeah. It smells oh. like salad oil. Um, so next is our salad. And I'll admit this is a little confusing to me because the salad bears a striking resemblance to our dessert. And I have trouble differentiating. And I don't I, I don't know if this is just an etymological thing for me. This is actually this one's from my grandma's um, recipe box. She loved to bring this to get togethers. The Watergate salad. Why is this a salad? I have no idea. But it became a huge hit. Um, after Jell-O brand foods released pistachio pudding in 1975. This is when Watergate salad became a thing. Okay, so why did we even need pistachio pudding? I don't know. Who wants green pudding? That's gross. Anyway, you add to your pistachio pudding, you add Cool Whip, marshmallows, and pineapple. Oh, that's why it's a salad, because there's pineapple. Oh, um, gross. I know, but it's our salad. So okay. what? I was like, why, why was it called Watergate salad? And there are some conflicting reports about that. It was either because it was created by the chef at the Watergate Hotel or there was some unnamed food editor at the Chicago Tribune who wanted to get more eyeballs on her food column, and so she renamed it Watergate Salad just to get a stir. So, But for dessert, we're having lemon fluff, and this was very popular. This is all based on anecdotal evidence, you guys. So my mom is actually like going through the card box with me like, oh my God, people love this. Oh my God. But I do want to follow up a little bit on your dinner party story because this yeah. is a distinct memory I have, and I'm going to tie in the nuts. So after my parents would have a dinner party, and I was not included um, in the festivities. So the next morning, though, often there would be those random kind of bowls of nuts that you talked about. So they would have them kind of scattered around, um, sometimes just bowls of mixed nuts. So the kind that had like the weird Brazil nuts in it and peanuts and cashews. And there would be a few like left remnants in some of these um, bowls. And I would go in the kitchen and I would pour myself a glass of apple juice and I put ice in it. And it would look like a real cocktail drink of the color. And I'd go in the living room where the nuts were, and I'd sit down, and I'd, like, clink my glass. I could hear the ice cubes clinking, and I'd have some nuts. And I'd be like, I would, like, have these imaginary people around, and we would be talking. God, that's so funny. And I'd just clink my little apple juice glass and 
pick out the nuts that I kind of thought were okay in there. I'd eat my little nuts and I'd have my own little make believe. You're like a grown up lady. That's dinner so party. cute. So that's I my love little that. memory. Okay, I want to end this conversation by having us each share a dinner our moms made back in the day that you just will never forget for one reason or another. <laughs> there was a lot of pot roast. Like I remember just like lots of kind of shreddy overcooked <laughs> meat in liquid because you know, she was carrot. buying like yeah. the cheapest cuts of meat because also like meat prices spiked in the 70s also. Um, but one thing we ate its a lot of, aside from bluefish, because you could basically just throw your line in Long Island Sound and pull out giant bluefish back then, although they were contaminated with PCBs and toxic, but we ate them anyway, um, was tuna noodle casserole. Like mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. mac and cheese, but she, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and she'd mix a can of tuna into it. And we called it yep. tuna nuna for some tuna reason, nuna. like tuna nuna. <laughs> Carolyn, what about you? What is a meal you remember? Well, my mom would make um, this thing called cheeseburger pie. And yes, I'm going to put um, yeah. a picture of it because it came from that Betty Crocker recipe um, club, basically. So we yeah, had with this, the cards. With the cards. Yeah, with the yeah. cards. Mm-hmm. And um, I yeah, bet we, we all a, had cheeseburger pie based off of the same card. We probably <laughs> yeah, did. Probably. Uh-huh. And there were so many cards. So those cards would come monthly, and it was always a big deal that my mom would let me file them. It was like a little file, um, you know, box that you had with categories like impromptu party fair and budget <laughs> casseroles. And I'd feel like I was a little secretary putting my stuff in. And honest to goodness, I think maybe three – cards were ever used. The cheeseburger pie one, which was kind of all cruddy and everything by the end of, you know, the time of, of her making it. But um, the thing probably had, I don't know, a hundred plus recipe cards in it, but we barely ever made anything out of it. But it was always so exciting when that little cellophane um, package of the cards was sitting mm-hmm. on the kitchen table because I'd feel so excited to do it. So that cheeseburger pie. I was into that. Yeah, too. we will post that photo and maybe even the recipe because... Um, yeah, and it was in the budget casserole um, section of the Betty Crocker recipe box collection. And Kristen, what about you? There's the inside-out ravioli casserole. That's from Dorothy Huff. Mm, <laughs> oh and then we have Mary Lou's chicken hot dish. Because, of course, you know, casserole is a national term for what we in Minnesota call hot dish. So we have Mary right. Lou's hot dish. And um, this is two bags of frozen veggies, one cup mayo, uh, two cans of uh, cream of chicken soup. Oh, that's a lot. Uh, oh, curry powder. It's ethnic. Um, then we have cheddar cheese, cubed God, chicken, curry. water chestnuts. But you guys, here's the PS. Oh, water piece. chestnuts. You top it with onion rings. Oh. Um, one of my favorite meals that my mom used to cook um, was salmon croquettes, which I loved, which is just salmon from a can. With some stuff, I don't know what it was, but she'd fry them so the outsides were really crispy and the inside was really kind of gushy. And the funny thing is, is I hate salmon, but I love, and I still to this day don't like salmon, but I loved salmon croquettes. And I think it was because of the fried, like the outside was fried and there were like maybe some little onions or something in them, but I would get really excited. We ate those too, salmon croquettes. That's fancy. That's super fancy. Because there was only canned salmon back then because it was before salmon was farmed. And so to eat wild salmon, you would have to, like, go catch it yourself. There was no widely available fresh salmon commercially until they started farming it in the 80s. And now the salmon you guys Yeah, because the only fish we ever ate was in the summer when we caught it, like Sunny's. Yeah. 
Right. That was the only right. fish or we had. Frozen, oh, and Ludafisk. You know, we would have Ludafisk. Oh, we'd have oh, Mrs. Paul's frozen fish sticks on Friday oh, nights because Catholics, yes. right. you know, you had to have We would catch toxic bluefish from Long Island Sound and eat those. <laughs> okay, so I don't know why the 70s were so gross and so tasty at the same time, but they were. <laughs> they were. <laughs> and yeah. my challenge to everyone today is to try and remember your favorite casserole. I'm going to resurrect the casserole. There's no way you didn't have any casseroles. And I don't make casseroles for my family. Why? I don't know why that is. So find that recipe. And make it for your family. Invite some friends over. Maybe invite your boss over. (laughs) See how that goes over. (laughs) And then report back to us. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. And a big thank you to our guest, Erica Wides. Thank you. It was my pleasure. So much fun. So much fun. And also, you know, let me just point out that my web series on YouTube called Funny Uh People Making Food is all about this. It's about hanging out with like a funny fellow funny person in the kitchen cooking and talking about like childhood and food and how food influenced their comedy. All my guests are Uh famous comedians, all women. And it's all about how like what we ate as kids turned you into what you are now. So it's oh, worth that's checking. Great. And we will put a link yeah. to all of that in our show notes Thank so people you. will be able uh-huh. to just click on that. And um, yeah, it's really funny. I've watched a couple. Yeah, oh, I, I highly recommend it, everyone. And I'll also make sure and put it in this week's Weekly Reader. So um, Weekly Reader subscribers, look for that. Hope you'll listen next week when we'll be saving more of the moments that made growing up Gen X so much fun. But right now, we'd like to take a moment to thank everyone for listening and for sharing our podcast with everyone you know. And for those of you who've clicked those stars or written a nice review, an extra big thanks. Your listening ears and your kind sharing souls are what will help us get heard by more people. And we'd also like to give a huge shout out and thank you to our supporters over on Patreon for quite literally helping our podcast and society keep on trucking. This week's patrons of the week are Melissa, Gail, Elizabeth, Lorna, and Nina. We hope you're all enjoying all the fun exclusive content you're getting. And if you want to consider becoming a Patreon supporter, just go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and put Pop Culture Preservation Society in the search bubble. Or you can find clickable links on our website at poppreservationists.com um, or in our link tree link in um, on our Instagram page. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses full of ice cold Rondo for a toast courtesy of Jack Tripper, Janet Wood, and Chrissy Snow. Two good times. Two happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. Cheers. The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn, the Crushologist, and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. Spread a little love and it will keep moving on Something always happens whenever we're together We get a high